And it goes a lot easier when you, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. He already knows your problem. He's just waiting for you to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Hey, Jack. Good to see you, man. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, he's a good one to thank. You know, I don't always thank my wife. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Am I the only one in here? Randy's so bad, he's got to dress like he's getting married all over again so he can thank his wife. Come on, somebody. Listen, I'm so excited about all that stuff back there. I really am. There's no reason you should not get connected into one of those small groups. And I, you know, my whole idea of this is for you to always finish. The enemy hates finishers. That's why people in ministry quit ministry. They don't understand. They, don't, they just think it's something they don't feel like doing. God didn't ask you to feel. He asked you to be faithful. I don't know where we get this. Well, you know, we feel like, I don't care what you feel like. I really don't. If I went on my feelings, I probably would have stayed in bed this morning. Then I said, well, they can do it without me. And you could, because it ain't all about me. It's all about him. Amen? I just want you to know, I want you to get connected. I'm, just, I'm, I'm doing one myself, but I'm, I want to do all of them except the women's thing. I don't want to talk about all that single women's stuff, you know? <laughs> I pray for all the single women, and I saw diapers, you know? I only changed like five diapers in my whole life, and it was forced. And all five of them I put on backwards. I really did. I'm not lying to y'all. It was pathetic. I'm sorry, but it was, you know, wasn't, I didn't feel a call from God. No, it wasn't a feeling. I didn't answer the phone. I think he was calling, but I just said, I'm busy. <laughs> Pastor Coach said, busy. I like the way he said that. I can't do that. But anyway, get connected. Find a way to finish it. Find a way. I'm going to miss my first one, I'm telling you that. But it's okay. Y'all all went on vacation in the summer. I'm going on mine after the parade. I'm going to stay that Sunday afternoon. I'm going to take a week off. But I can't wait. I, I just don't know which ones I want to get involved with. If I could do all of them, I would. Like Eloy. I think Eloy did four. Where's Eloy here today or not? How many did you do last? Four? He did four small groups. He ought to be up here preaching. Five, excuse me, five. He ought to be up here preaching. I mean, he was doing it more than I was. He even came to mind after he went to another. He said, well, I, don't, I like what he said to I don't have time. You got time for what you want to. If, you, if your faith is waning, it's because you hadn't made time to spend the time that you have with the Lord. It's so important. Today I'm going to talk to you about the river of life. The river of life. You know, there's, there's three... There's three areas of a river. It's the headwaters, okay, and at the headwaters, you know what it's like? It's like when the headwaters break out, everything that's in is what? In its way that can be moved. Come on, somebody. If it can be moved, what's going to happen to it? And even if it can't be, it's going to be moved. I mean, it's going to take out trees. It's going to take out rocks. It's going to take out Every, it's not taking the path. Come on, somebody. I'm talking to somebody today. And always relate this stuff to spiritual significance. It's going to take the path. It's not going to take the path of least resistance. See, that's what some of you are struggling in. When I first got saved, there was the headwaters that took place in me. And when it broke out, do you understand? 
Everything that wasn't of God went downriver. Come on, you. Come on, you guys. There were waterfalls. There were, there were things happening at these headwaters. I mean, it was, it was concentrated where something had to give. And I think that's what causes most people not to walk in the faith in a level of maturity that they should be walking at even today as I speak. And some of y'all are old as I am in the faith. There's got to be a headwaters. There's got to be something that gushes forth from you that it takes out everything that's insignificant to God. Come on, somebody say amen. If you don't start saying amen, and I'm not like Pastor Kobe, I'm going to make you say amen. amen. Or I'll preach longer. Amen. See what I'm saying? That's what I get from you guys right there. I don't know. Janet, you're supposed to cover for me back here. Elbow Randy and tell him something good. So... <laughs> Upper course. Have you had the upper course experience? Huh? I've had an upper course experience. Come on, I've been doing this for being a Christian 38 years, and I still have an upper course experience. (laughs) Upper course. I'm talking about the river rages from time to time. It still does from time to time. Why? Because I still sometimes need stuff moved down river. Come on, somebody. Some of you are fighting so hard, and that's why you don't have a headwater. If you've never had a headwaters experience, I'd have to question whether you're really saved or not. No, really. You have you've had to have had that, where everything of who you are and what you are, you have seen that it's insignificant in God, because you've seen you, you've seen the cross, you've experienced the resurrection, and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, something, I said something, I said somebody has to change. Amen. Don't patty cake, give the Lord a hand clap. There has to be a river of life. Now, in this upper course, it's all erosion. (laughs) Oh, y'all don't even get what I'm going. Come on, somebody. Everything that ain't God needs to erode in your life. No, it don't have to. You'll, you'll, You'll root it down in there and find a way to make it where it sticks, and it bothers you your whole Christian life. In your upper course, what did you lose? I'm going to give you a chance here. Just a couple of people. I'm going to give you a chance. What did you lose? What have you lost in your upper course? Come on, somebody. I just want, come on, Peter. Come on. Right here. I want you to get up here so this camera can see you. Go ahead. Uh, who I used to be. And it's not about my past or where I was. It's about who I am in Christ and where I'm going. And so I had to go. Move out the way. Oh, I like that. Come on, somebody. I'll just make, you know, simple things that, things that are so immature. I know, it, but I, I gave up alcohol, and I gave up dipping, and I gave up cursing, or cussing if you're in Texas. You cuss, you cuss. You know, I gave up, I mean, but I didn't give it up. The river took it. See, that's what, come on, somebody. I don't even know if I can preach this message if I can get this across to you. You keep trying to do this, and it's the Holy Ghost, it's the river within you that washes it down. Quit fighting to hang on to your garbage. Let it go. 
Come on, somebody. Let it go. Let it move. Move it out. Quit going, but it's me. No, it's not. It's him. Somebody else. What else did you get? Somebody give up. Just, just name one thing. Somebody. Come on. No guts, no glory. He gets the glory. You don't even get that. Get over here in front of this camera. Somebody see your pretty little self today. <laughs> a life of infidelity. Ooh. That's what he gave up. Now, that's a hammer. Y'all didn't even know that about that guy, did you? See that? that you know why? Because he didn't care what he was. That's why he can get up and say that. That was an anchor in his life until the river. It didn't just trickle, did it? You had a headwaters experience. See, I didn't even know I was going to go this far with this, but I got to teach it to you because some of you are still, well, I've been a Christian for so long. How come you're still acting the same way? Because you won't allow the headwaters to rush. Somebody else, thank you for being honest. Thank you very much. Somebody else? What'd you? Just, just one thing. Come right up here. This. Finding love in all the wrong places uh, until I find the one true love. Oh, God. Can't find it in things you buy. Can't find it in cars you drive. Can't find it in people. Uh-oh. <clears throat> because God's taken a lot of things out of my life, but uh, he took me out of a criminal lifestyle. Golly, kick him in the face. That devil just became toothless. Come on, somebody. He may be around, but he doesn't have a bite in your life anymore. Come on. That's what, that's what the upper course does. When you have an upper course experience, let it flow. Let it rip through your life because what will stand will be the God inside of you that said he'd never leave you nor forsake you. A life of running from God. Oh, that's what most people do, don't they? I don't, if I give up me... Y'all give the Lord a hand. Listen, he stood up here and told you what he left. When you let the river flow, you'd be surprised what you'll leave. Listen to me. Peter, can I tell him you gave up smoking a while back? Is that, is that okay? That's one of the things that finally Peter let the river. Well, I guess I already said it. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. <laughs> I guess I didn't make much sense, did it? Sometimes I don't think, yeah, I should have wrote that. It should have been right. Sometimes I don't think real good. Drinking too. Drinking too. I know. Give the Lord a hand clap. Listen, I'm not telling you I still don't act like an idiot from time to time, but I'll tell you there's the certain things that you just don't deal with anymore because why? That distraction is something that I don't need. And the worst thing that I could be in my life right now is a stumbling block to anybody. I don't want somebody to say, and he's a Christian, he's a pastor, he's whatever. And many of them do anyway because I do have many faults. Addiction and sex out of marriage. I know, y'all don't. You know, this is real church where somebody will come up and talk like this. You go to one of these other churches and they'll just look good. What'd you give up? Nothing. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Don't, don't even, I wish we could delete that. Come on. Here we go. Drugs and selfishness in my river changed course completely. <laughs> completely. 
You know, it's really amazing. Some of these people you know, if they really came up and told you everything, you'd be going, that's not true. You never did that. Yes, they did. I mean, yes, they did. Many of them did many things like that. But once the river, I know, I was involved with, with laying hands on her. I was, she got saved at the, I hate to say this, but she got saved out of the bar. Come on, somebody. She was in a bar, got born again, and uh, the river began to flow. And, and I'm telling you, there was, she tried to hold on for a little while, not long. And finally, the river gushed, didn't it? Hey, and listen, you think the devil would leave her alone? No, he, she just stirred him up. But here's the deal. The river is greater in her than the little old stream that's trying to come against her. Or really, the dam that's trying to come against her. Come on. Well, mine coaches drug addiction, uh, lust, and then my final one, the biggest headwater here recently is the compulsion to smoke cigarettes. It's gone. I am healed by that flood. Hallelujah. And don't look back. Come to the... Can we get that on YouTube right quick? Come to the river. I want to put Come to the River of Life on YouTube. If we can play that. Yeah. Can we do that? I bet... <laughs> Hey, listen, when I put pressure on those people back there, I, I listen to me. I want y'all to give them all a hand back there. Every service, they get to sit back there and work. Come to the river of life. You will find dreaming Oh, yes, you will. Come to the river of life. Come and dream. Your heart is searching, oh, come if your soul is thirsty, draw near and drink of the mercy of Jesus Christ, oh yes, at the river of life. One of my favorite songs. There is a river whose streams make glad. The city of God, the city of God. So come if you're wounded or sad. There is a river. Oh, yes, there is. There is a river. Oh, yeah. Come to the river of life. You will find healing here. Yes, you will.
take you back to when we didn't have an awesome praise band. We had CDs <laughs> and overhead projectors. Um, headwaters. I think uh, I've been saved since I was six, and I think one of my major struggles early in my marriage, the headwaters, was uh, dealing with an anger at God. Being angry at God for every little thing that happened in my life, just an anger of, he's mean. And that was the big headwaters for me. And um. That was a long time ago, but I'm definitely uh, struggle with control headwaters, and I'm struggling with that right now. (laughs) So just because you struggle with something doesn't mean that it's over. Um, Headwaters come up all the time if you hang in there. (laughs) And I'm going through a headwaters, right? Just, oh, I hate it. I hate myself when I go through one. I hate myself when I think I've, I've overcome control, and then it... Oh, I see it creeping back up, and I, and I hate it, but I will fight it. <laughs> let that river flow. Listen, you got to let that river flow. You got to let the headwaters go. I mean, and God is, I mean, he's, there, there's, there's phases and stages and seasons and cycles. We all know that, but I'm telling you, the headwaters have to be given their opportunity when it's time. And it's usually when we're into some of this garbage. <laughs> Play that, no. <laughs> I had to uh, give up toxic family relationships. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of people, it's hard to see that when it's the closest to you. And I had to put up so many boundaries, and I just had to let that toxic life go. And that was really hard for me and my family because it's very confusing to your family when you're setting up boundaries and they don't understand why. Um, And because they're not in the same place. They're not in the same headwater that you're at. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the uh, truth about uh, family toxic things like that, you'd be surprised how much freedom they have now. Are you, no, you didn't hear me. See, you think she got freedom. The truth is, they got freedom as well. It, it's so good for everybody. It really is. And you're all thinking, well, okay, I'm going to do this so I can be free. No, you're freeing up the whole family is what you're doing. We all think that we're somebody's savior. <laughs> I didn't, y'all didn't hear that. And if you don't think that, then you really hadn't understood anything we're talking about today. He's the savior. And he's also the source. He's the headwater. Fear, self-doubt, um, past hurts, failures. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of like, felt like Emily made me want to come up here because I felt like all those things were gone and then they feel like they like swim back upstream and try to creep they back try. up. But I got to remember that fear is a liar. That is. Amen. Can I tell you, the river is still rolling. Come on. The river still, I mean, just, you know, you say, well, I feel like it's swimming upstream. It, it, well, I'm not saying it's not trying, but it'll never root itself as long as you keep the headwaters flowing. It, it, it doesn't matter that you fall into fear. You go, oh, what am I going to do? I did that again. That's okay. It's not going to stay long. Why? Because the headwaters uproot everything in your life that's not God. It can't stay. 
You just got to keep it flowing. We'll talk about that, maybe. Um, I gave up a life of being uh, fatherless and being a victim yeah. of being fatherless. Yeah. Because I found my father. And um, I'm constantly giving up a life of independence so I can be dependent on God. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are, are y'all understanding this river? The headwaters have got to be going. You're so miserable. You know, sometimes we, we, we young people think it's their parents. Sometimes it's, it's parents thinking it's their young, you know, their children. I mean, we blame everybody and all things for the, for the problems that we have when in reality we all know no matter what's happening in your life, if it's not God, you got to let it go. And you can't let it go because in your flesh, what do you do? You grab a hold of that thing, buddy, and you're not letting go if it kills you. And sometimes it will. All you got to do is you and your flesh let that thing go. And I'll tell you, the spirit of the living God will wash that so far downstream when it tries to come back up, it'll go back down. There's some of those things that can't come back no matter how hard they try. Isn't that right? There's just some of them. Now, I'm not saying some of them don't try to, you know, you I'm outside and I'll do something, hurt myself, and I go, hot dang, you know. I'll just be honest. I might say, damn. Okay, I'm just telling you. Okay, I'll be honest. It ain't right. I'm telling you, I'm wrong. Okay? Get on me about it. I don't mind. It's down the river, though. That major kind of talk is down the river. I'm just telling you the truth. But we have to get to a place where we know we got to keep the river flowing so things don't... We give them a right to a step. That's the only way something at the headwaters can be in your life that's not God. You give it a right. Yeah, so I've been saved for a long time, and I feel like the thing that I struggle with the most um, going through my Christian walk is control and fear. Um, and I think that really came to a big headwater for me when I became a mother. Um, because as a mother, I feared all the time for yeah. my kids. Like, I mean, irrational, crazy things yeah. that moms do for their kids. And like, are they going to be breathing when they yeah. wake up in the morning? And have I done everything right for them? And I've realized over the years that all of that is just seated truly in fear yeah. and and fear is the greatest tool that the devil uses fear of what people are going to think about us fear that we don't have everything under control and you can just be a little hamster on that wheels trying to go as fast as you can thinking if i just do this enough then i can control this part of my life and i can control that part of my life and it'll all be in this tight needy little package that i can tie up in a bow and be like here i am perfect little me and you know god has just really been working on those headwaters to it's not just like this little mud that needs to be no. washed away. This is like a deep-seated tree that has yeah. roots going deep. You go. know that God is really just working on, on ripping that out of my life. And it's a daily thing. It's a renewing of the mind every day that I have to wake up and decide today I'm going to let God lead. Amen. And gosh, when you do that, you know it's so much easier. And then we just fall back into those old stupid patterns all the time of thinking, well, I can just control this a little bit. God, you don't need to deal with this. I, I got this. I got this. And it's so good whenever we let that go and whenever we tell the devil, no, just like what you were saying, fear is a liar. And, and the devil's just lying to your mind. And it's so good when you let that go. It's so good when God just washes that away because it's so free. And, Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You have a headwater experience in your life? 
You come on up. Have you had a headwater experience in your life? No, have you really had one? A real headwater experience where that when you stand up here and talk, where it's like Melody said, she just told you the truth. Fear, but the reason why you have fear is because you want control. And you know you can't control it, so you have Oh, am I going to have to preach to myself today? I can do that. I do it. This morning I was reading, and, and was, Jesus was talking to the, uh, his disciples, and this is after he had already fed the 5,000 and the 4,000. They're going across the lake, and he said, be sure and watch out for the bread of the leaven of the Pharisees. And they start looking at each other going, well, well, we don't have any, we didn't bring any bread. Maybe that's what he's talking about. And he looks at them and says, you guys, I'm going to put it in our language, you're pathetic. Don't you understand? It wasn't about, it wasn't about the, how much bread did you take the one time? Well, we got 12 baskets. How much bread did you get the other time? Leftovers. We got seven baskets full. Can't you relate anything to anything? He was trying to tell them that, that he speaks in such ways that they're supposed to understand, but like most of us, the reason why we've never had a breakthrough in a river, we don't even know what the Word says to begin the river. Listen to me. If you'll get in your Word, I'm going to say this till the day I die as a Christian. If you won't get in your Word, you'll never progress in the faith because you can't live on somebody else's maturity in the faith. So for me, I've been saved for a very long time, but been realistic for about three years. So um, the realism came for me is that I don't control anything. I don't control my children. I don't control my parents. I don't control my siblings. I don't control my friends. I don't control my work. I don't get to control anything. So the reality is I have to trust Christ every single day and so since three years I've been under continual trial about trusting Christ Mm. just knowing that he has control of all of those situations and when I look to the right and it doesn't look right or I hear from the left that it isn't this isn't a, a reality I have to trust and I have to and I have the resources to do so I have the word of God I have the Holy Spirit I have everything I need but I will tell you that Life is a trial every single day. But I choose to stay in the flow and and to have the mind of Christ. Come on, you do. What did she say? She did what? She did what? Oh, so when when it got really tough, she didn't quit. She, oh, she chose to stay in there. You know, have you ever, have you ever been at, any of y'all ever been to the headwaters or something? I've been to the headwaters of the um, uh, Rio Grande. And when it's coming out of there, it's snow melt and all kind of, it's just so crazy. You, you know, it'd kill you if you got in the middle of it. But there's always, it seems like, something at the headwaters. And you look at it and you go, that's not going to last much longer. You know what I'm talking about? It's either a tree that's, I mean, and, you know, because the more the headwater takes out, you know, the more it demands. Because once something moves, something else, I mean, it's going deeper now. Oh, come on, I'm trying to help somebody here. The headwaters don't do just surface stuff. You listening to me? Once it takes out the surface, Sharita, now we're going to go, we're going to get to the deep. We're going to find out why you're really doing what you're doing. Oh, come on, somebody. You're not getting this, are you? 
See, you think it's all surface stuff. You think it's because somebody in the church offended you when the fact is you have a spirit of offense and you didn't get it here. You got it when you were probably three years old, four years old, five years old. But you're still blaming everybody else because you refuse to let the river flow. You refuse. And so there's that big tree and everybody goes, how long is that thing going to last? It's at the headwaters. You look at that stuff and you go, man, how long is that boulder going to be there? And everything else is, you can see it's already getting deeper. But that one spot. You won't let go. Come on, somebody. You won't let it go. And it hampers you in every situation you're in. It controls you no matter what you're doing. You're thinking, Dad, Governor, if I could just get rid of this. Anybody in here like that? Anybody in here, boy? It just wants to get deeper right there. And it's funny because God keeps hitting on that. And you keep going, why do we keep dealing with this? Because you won't deal with it. You won't let him have it. Come on. What do you need to uproot today? What do you need to uproot today? Uh-oh. Y'all know I had this all planned out, didn't you? <laughs> Believe that if you want. It's a God thing. I um, finally let go a spirit of unforgiveness. Oh, that's really good. It affected every area of my life for a really long time. <laughs> But when I, when I finally forgave my dad, really forgave him for abusing me, there was a freedom that I can't even tell you. And, um, you know, if, you, if you're carrying that burden of unforgiveness, I would just ask you to consider it today because there's... Like I said, such a freedom in letting it go. Hallelujah. I hadn't even got to the second part of the river. Because if you don't get through with the first part, you can't get to the second part. I mean, it's, it's got to cut deep. It's got to cut. It, it has such velocity. I mean, that the things that are trying to hold on in your life, it's not that God made a way for them. You made a way for them. Why don't you let them go? You're miserable. Your life's miserable. You're only happy when you're in control. And the last time I checked, no matter what you think, if you've ever read the book of Revelation, you'll find out you're not in control of anything. And if you think Jesus is not coming back, you've been deceived very well. It's closer today than it was yesterday, and who knows, tomorrow it'll be even closer, and it may be even tomorrow when it happens. You don't know. So why would you be sitting around here wasting time not allowing the river to take away that garbage that you defend? And if somebody talks to you about it, you get mad. I can talk to people about things in their life, about what's going on, and you can tell that it's rooted pretty deep because they know it's not supposed to be there, but they'll defend it. They'll defend it. And I just go, oh, well, nothing I can do. I'm just trying to help you a little bit. Somebody else today. I didn't know church was going to be like this today. I didn't have it planned like this. Guess what it is. Well, I'm a hypocrite. I said I'm a hypocrite. Okay. I talk about forgiveness in, in the jail, but... I can't forgive my father for uh, excessively beating on my mother uh, when he was drinking and I was small. Uh, it's painful. Uh, it, 
It stays in my mind. It stays in my dreams. Uh, I wanted to help her, and I helped her, and I was pushed aside. And uh, it hurts. It hurts deep. And uh, I, I, I remember uh, just... I, I remember wanting, when he passed away, I remember wanting to dig him up and, and still wanting to hurt him and still wanting to hurt him to this day. It's a big boulder. And it hurts. It hurts deep. It's a big boulder. And I think of my mom, and she's passed away. It's a big boulder, isn't it? And I see these, these visions of her bleeding. Hmm. Thank you. Now, I, I, just, I just want to tell you something. It's so important. See, I, I think when, when God tells me to do something like this and I want to preach but you know what I have to I got to submit I just have to submit I'm sorry I got, I got to do what I'm supposed to do you get to hear what everybody else's lives are really like instead of being so personal that you think nobody has any problems all of us in here are dealing with some issues you know what I'm saying and I'm not trying to expose their issues I'm trying to help all of us get to a place where we let this river flow and we find out that we're not the center of the universe. The fact that your dad did that, nobody will ever say it was right. It was wrong. Completely wrong. When anybody physically abuses anybody verbally or any way else, it's straight wrong. But like, unlike the world that says get revenge, we have to let the river of life, the one that is the upper course, the headwaters of what Jesus did through the cross, Come through us like the book of Acts, Acts 2-4, and the Holy Ghost is the river that washes that stuff downstream. Not to say that it was correct, but to say that it no longer has the capacity nor ability to control your life because everything that you see from come from what you keep a hold of. So part of your life, when you look, when you look at life, it's through that boulder. It's through that boulder of what your dad did. You understand? That's why it's got to be moved down so you can unadulterate it to seeing through the Holy Ghost. Instead, you don't want that stuff there. Get that thing down the river. Come on. The biggest thing I gave up was um, control and fear. My husband just had a very bad accident, and instead of listening to the devil and falling apart, I prayed. And God came in and took care of him. And I have, um, I've been strong in, in just trusting in God. And I never did that before. Amen. Hallelujah. Boy, is this control stuff big or not? I mean, come on, we're all into this, aren't we? I don't know if anybody in here couldn't stand up and say, I got some control issues. Now, there's about, about three of y'all said amen. The rest of you are lying. Now you're going to have to repent for lying before we say We all got control issues, don't we? You're going to do it this way or... And what are you telling... Or what do you think the else is for God? Or else. What is it? God? Or else. He's going, what is this? I made this pile of clay. I can crush it if I want to. But instead, I'm going to let him crush himself so I can live through him. That's how it works. That's the river. River can't flow unless it comes out of something that's submissive to it. Oh, you got to hear that. Come here. We're almost done. Well, in my life, it was um, unforgiveness and control. And I grew up in 
in the church in with a Christian family, but they didn't know about the devil or how to fight against him, and there was terrible control and dysfunction. And then after Don and I were married and we had children, I saw the family treating my children just the way I have been treated. And I was just in torment, just in relationships. It was just dysfunction. And I prayed, though, because I've been born again. And so the headwaters were, God spoke to me that I needed to forgive. And if I would forgive, the control would be under my feet. I would have control over the control. And so Don and I... (laughs) So... Don and I set a time that we went to Austin to meet with my mother and my father, and we made an appointment with them. And I sat down, and I asked my mother and my father to forgive me for the terrible things I did as a child, just being disobedient and all of that. And my, my father listened. My mother said, oh, I forgave you a long time ago. And so I didn't feel like I had really gotten in there that, when I left there, it was all broken off of me. Amen. That's all that I had matters. power over. That's I had it. forgiven, and I had power over the control. Not that it doesn't get, I don't get tempted with it. Actually, right now, I'm walking through the same thing. I'm just, because we're, we're uh, finishing up my father's estate, and I'm having to deal with some of the very same things that, I'm feeling like every day I go before God and I say, I forgive them. And I go to a higher level of forgiveness. And I feel like we have to deal with that all of our lives. That we have the power now and we have the authority. Amen. Think about this. Think about this. You can come on up. Think about it. Jesus, after he was tempted 40 days and 40 nights, right? It says that the devil left him. D-boy, here's what it says, King James, until an opportune time. So the temptation never stops, folks. That's not it. But once it's uprooted, it no longer has the control it once had. And you can identify a foreign, come on, I'm going to preach right now. You can identify a foreign substance in your spirit when it tries to enter. That's the difference. Everybody understand what I'm saying? I know I'm preaching good. You're just not amening good. I told you I'm going to be here a while if you don't say amen. amen. Sarita, I love you. You got control issues. Come on. You know, you think control issues aren't big? When I say this, it's, we all have them. We're all going to read our Bible, and we're all going to get up and say, I love God and all this stuff and the other. And then we get out in our life, and we decide we're going to control it. We're going to... Um, so I'm not really sure how it happened, but I had, I had become a victim in my relationships and at home and at work. And uh, I realized it after the sermon last week, and God, God was saying, Nicole, I did not make you a victim you know, you made yourself, you have to change it, but I'm going to be there with you. You're not going to do this alone. So I uh, stood up for myself at home and at work and instantly it changed. Uh, God was like, let go and be with me, follow me. And both at home and at work, my relationships have dramatically improved and 
with God, they're going to continue to improve. You know, one of the things that, that uh, just saying, Leroy, one of the things that we talk about when you want something changed is that when you, when you change, you, didn't, you don't have to get up when you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to represent myself. I'm going to tell you, get out there and do it. Shut up. Go to hell. I ain't doing none of that. Okay? That's not how you handle it. Here's what you do. Well, I appreciate it if you wouldn't talk to me like that. I'm not going to do that, but, but I appreciate you wouldn't talk to me like that. Because as long as you talk to me like that, uh, Donna Safras is in here today, or is she not? She told me one day it's one of the greatest stories. When her son quit acting, when he started, not, when he quit acting like a son, she quit acting like a mama. And I hate to tell you, she put a boundary up, and it didn't take her long. About her son, about what three days, four days? What <laughs> was it long? Because when you stop cooking and feeding and taking him everywhere, he starts going. Oh my God! How many clean clothes? I'm hungry. Too bad we already ate. Come on, there's no leftovers. You understand? When you finally get to that place, everybody has to see this. When you, you don't have to rebel back with insanity. That's not what gets you the victory. What gets you the victory is giving him control through the cross. And if you were doing something to me, I don't, I don't bounce back with anger and hate and profanity. I go, well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but that's not what I'm doing. Now, I got more control than you do because you're out of control. Come on, I'm trying to teach you today. You got this? You can act as crazy as you want to, but who's got control in this situation? I just put up a boundary. Now, if you cross that boundary, here's what I'm going to do. Well, maybe we can talk later. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn and walk off. I'm just trying to teach you a few things how to handle life. Get, seek, who holler the loudest, who can cuss the most. You understand? That's not the victory. That's not the control. The control is, I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay? Well, maybe we can talk later. There's the boundary. Most people don't know how to do boundaries. It's just who can yell the loudest. Come on, somebody. Thank you. That was good. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. See, we think, we think boundaries are who can scream the loudest. That's not boundaries. Those are not boundaries. That's an embarrassment. That's showing us that no matter who we're dealing with, that the, we refuse to let the headwaters remove what's causing that. We just want to do it. Why? Because I've always been in control. Listen. Anytime I take control of my life, it does not go well. I can tell you this. Anytime. Anytime. Finances aren't any good. Relationship at home's not any good. I mean, I'm whacked out up here. Anytime I take control. See, I didn't take control of this service. Why would I take control of it when God said, we're not doing what you had? But I prepared. He goes, I did too. I'm just being honest. I mean, I don't know. What, what am I supposed to tell God? Uh-uh. I could. He would have let me preach today whatever I was going to preach, but then the deal is I would have missed what I was supposed to do. I don't want to miss it. Who? I want to be in control, Jerry, and whether you like it, whether you like it or not. Really? That's what we tell him. Come on, Leroy. Uh, well, mine's all of the above, you know. Man, I should have got up here first because everybody stole my thunder, you know, Terry. <laughs> the infidelity and the control and, the, you know, drugs and the cigarettes. And I thought I was a... <laughs> the best thing today is my sister's here. And uh, that was a... Uh, I was one to control things, you know. I, you know, we had issues for a whole bunch of years, you know, till I 
till I finally learned that, you know, you don't control this. Just praise the Lord. Do what needs to be done. And, and, and you know, it's just so much better. Sad that we missed so, so much time. But my big damn was about the control deal was when my wife took our children off and took off. And I couldn't find her. Looked for two weeks, called, went everywhere, couldn't find her. Finally, I can remember up there in Ozarks, I delivered a load up there, sitting up there on top of the mountain in the rest area. And I cried a whole bunch. And I just said, God, you got it. You got it. I can't do it no more. And, and, and the dam broke, you know. And then there were some trees got in the way down the way as the water was going down. And, and uh, when I was with my pastor, we had a screaming match in here one day after church. Praise the Lord. Wasn't the praise God. Wasn't nobody in here, you know. But uh, you know, and 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 I just had to. Uh, that's when I got rid of that control. I just said, "Okay, Pastor," because you know I want to do it one way, and Pastor said the other way. And uh, you know, it's a control, and it, it, the infidelity deal is a control thing. You know, you well, think you is. can control something, and that's what it you is. know. So, anyways, it's just right. uh, next time I'm gonna get up first. <laughs> Thank you. I did kind of get loud with Leroy that one time. <laughs> but he wouldn't shut up so I could talk. <laughs> he just wouldn't shut up. Leroy, be quiet! <laughs> he did. But, I mean, you know. Hallelujah. Well, God is good. If I don't read some scripture, somebody will think we're not a church that believes in the Bible. It's the truth. Well, let me, I just want to, I have a couple of minutes, don't I? Can y'all give me a couple of minutes? I'm not going to, I have three pages, I'm not doing them. Don't panic. I know some of y'all are going, oh my God, it's going to be in the book of Ezra, we're going to stand up all day long. No, we're not doing it. If you don't know the story, you need to read it and you'll understand what I just said. See, I want you to know that when somebody says something in the Bible, you need to have to go, yeah, I read that. Yeah. Book of Ezra, they stood up all day, the preacher, yeah, I got that. Yeah, I got that. I think it was raining, I'm not sure, but I can't remember. But I just know they stood up all day. We have air conditioning sitting down and we just ate pigs. Come on, somebody. We ought to be comfortable right now. We ought to be able to sit in here and go, just how long can you go? That's what they do in Africa. How long can you go, Pastor? I get through preaching and a guy comes up behind me and goes, can you do that again? And I am totally wiped out, exhausted. And I look at him and go, it's impossible. I can't do that. I mean, I'm done. I preached two hours. Hardcore preaching. Can't do it again. I really can't. I'm exhausted. There's the upper course, which you have to have. You all with me? That's salvation. That's the upper course. And it has to happen in your life. And if it hadn't happened in your life, you're probably not saved. And I know I'm using an analogy of a river, but that's okay. And then there's the middle course, okay? It's the middle course where the, where the river they, it kind of meanders around. And the upper course is total erosion. That's why it's so important to have it in your life at the beginning of Christianity. But it has to be going on as well because still some of us need some erosion taking place. In the middle course, there's erosion and deposition. In other words, there's things that are dropping off in the middle of the river. Things that are dropping off that are not necessary anymore. And they're starting to stabilize. You're starting to stabilize a little bit, okay? You're starting to stabilize. And then, of course, you got the, the, you got the upper course, which is the headwaters, the middle course, which is erosion and deposition, and then you have the mouth of the river. 
and we know what that is, silt and everything else. When we live in each of these places too long, it's not a healthy environment for a Christian. We've got to be able to be in each of these phases when we're necessary to be there, but there still has to be this, I'm so, I just know what an upper course is. I know what a headwaters is because it happened to me. I know that more than I do any of these others. I'm not telling you I don't know what a median is, and I'm not telling you I don't know what some of these are, but I am telling you the truth. You have to have an upper course. You have to have this. So many believers are thirsty. Why? Why are you so thirsty? You believe the Bible? John 7, 38 and 39 says this. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. That's what it says. Do y'all see that? Okay, go ahead. By this he meant the Spirit. Now we are a Holy Ghost filled church. You have to be, to be born again, you have to have the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, it's impossible to be born again. I mean, I don't know if you know that or not. I don't know why people in different teachings try to say, well, you know, just believe in Jesus. Well, if you truly believe in Jesus, it's going to be impossible for you not to have the Holy Ghost. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. It's talking about Acts 2.4. That's when the Holy Ghost hit the scene. That's when the river of every, in everybody's life that got born again. And you knew there were, how many the first day? 5,000? Is that what it was? 5,000 people. Got filled with the Holy, the river broke loose. And I'm telling you what, it was, it was straight up sanity. You thought I was going to say insanity. Straight up sanity because God began to wash the, the unforgiveness. He began to wash away the prostitution, the stealing, the lying, the just, in, just straight up spirit of infirmity, spirit of weakness. Uh, demonic activity just by the Holy Ghost washing it out of their lives and, and the entire region began to change. Why do you think we're meeting today? Just because of the river that started that day. You want to grow in the faith? You have to have a headwaters experience. Yeah, you got to have the, the middle course where it meanders along and there's some erosion and some um, uh, deposition. You have to have all of that. You have to have all of that. You even have to have the mouth where it flows into something bigger like the church and we get a wash back so that we're all living in the same arena and understanding the events in each other's lives. Amen? Amen. See, we're not all above any of this stuff, are we? If you're in this church, you're not. I'll never forget one time on a Monday night, there was a whole bunch of people in here doing a Bible study. We pray and still have a lot of people on Monday night, which I love, because Jesus said his, his church is supposed to be called a house of prayer. Why do you think we pray? Because it's a house of prayer. We're talking about on a Monday night. What was I talking about? Oh, I asked how many people have been in jail. The whole church lift their hand. I said, my God, help me, Jesus. 
I'm in good company. I mean it. I'm in good company by God. Because when you've been delivered from that place, then you've got a river flowing. Come on, somebody. See, if you hadn't been delivered too much and given, much is required. Much has been given to you. What are you going to do with it? When much is given to you, you can't sit around and go, well, you know, I just, I just got out of jail. There was a guy one time. Y'all ever hear about this? Uh, twice pardoned. Did you ever, anybody in here ever see that video? It's about a guy that was on death row, and because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, he got accused of killing two people or one. I can't remember. But anyway, he told God if he got him out of this, he had served him the rest of his life. He got out of it and preached for the rest of his life. God took him off death row. You know how he got out? This is the craziest thing you'll ever hear. A stroke of a pen. Somebody signed something. They wasn't watching what they were signing. Of course, God's in control of everything. Signed something. He walks out scot-free. True story. Is that crazy? No, that's God. Why? Because a river started, and he got rid of lots of things in his life at that moment, and God said, I can use him. Now I can use him. Now today I'm going to ask you, have you ever had a headwater experience? Have you? Do you know today, truthfully, if Jesus comes back today, are you going with him? I mean, for real. It ain't, well, you know, I said this silly prayer back when they told me to. No, no. Are you going to heaven if he comes back today? Are you going? Not because when you were a baby, somebody christened you. That's not, that's not salvation. I'm sorry to say for most of y'all that don't understand that. That's not salvation. For somebody to dedicate a child is not salvation. Salvation is confessing with your mouth, believing with your whole heart that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords. And you accepting into your life for what he did through the cross and in the resurrection, you develop the flow of the living God. Have you had that happen? Have you really had that? You say, well, what would I have to do? Well, then you're going to pray. I'm going to bring you up here and I'm going to pray with you. And next thing you know, you're going to know what it is to fill the river. It's okay to feel when God wants to feel. You're going to know what it is to fill the river. Because I trust God today is all we've talked about is the river. And there has to be an upper course first or you don't even understand the middle or the ladder. If you hadn't been born again, would you raise your hand? You're not sure you'd go to heaven. Would you raise your hand? I want you to miss this. Anybody? Well, that's a good thing. That's a real good thing. Now, let me ask you the next question. How's the upper course flowing? You know, when I got born again 38 years ago, let me tell you something. If I were to run into any of you anywhere, I would have started telling you what was wrong in your life. <laughs> That's how hard the river was flowing. Do you understand? I couldn't get around anybody where I was. I mean, they'd get convicted or get mad. I don't know what they'd do, but I'm telling you. How come you're not handing out tracts? How come you're not in church on Wednesday night? How come you don't read your Bible? I thought you said you're born again. You're saying, are you saying, yeah, I was crazy. 
But the river was flowing, I couldn't control it. I couldn't control, it was digging up so much garbage in me and I thought it felt so good. Why would not everybody want it? It was doing it in me. They could see the change in me. Why would you not want what I have? I'm one of the one people said can never get saved. I'm a lunatic in the town. I got it. So I started, the river was gushing because I had so much crap to get out of me. Oh my gosh. I had some junk, buddy. And it, when it started, it didn't start chickle, chickle. I mean, I'm telling you, erosion from the depths. Still going on today. So how's your upper course going? You got a trickle? What, has the enemy dammed it up like a little beaver? You got some trees that you're pruning, taking care of, and they're, de- they're developing. You think it's fruit, but it's not. It's the garbage of the enemy that you're feeding on that keeps you being in the condition you're in. How's the upper course? You want your upper course flowing again? Huh? If that's you, I want you up on this altar. Come on. If your upper course isn't doing what it's supposed to do, come on. I want you at this altar. There you go. Come on. There you go. Don't wait for somebody else. God's talking to you. Go. Why don't you stop? See, the upper, if your upper course is at a trickle and you can't hear from God, you already know God wants you up here. <laughs> you go, well, I don't hear from God. You can't hear from God. The headwaters are going nowhere. You have no headwaters. Boy, it's going to feel good today. It's going to feel good today. We're going we're gonna to play that song again that I like called The River of Life. Anybody else before we do? It's an old school song. I'm telling you how old this song is. It's as old as I am born again, I think. But I'm telling you what, I believe in the Word so much because it's scriptural. Turn it up. I like to hear it loud.